I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome back to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. No, it's been a while since we were in front of you, but that's, hey, life happens, right? So much going on. We've been on top of it every step of the way on the michiganinsider.com. So if you follow us over there, you haven't missed a beat, right? And just so happens that right now is a great time to get in over there with our 60% off deal that's only going on through Thursday. So still time for those of you who aren't members to join the family. But we know a lot of this is about our podcast family, about our YouTube family. We missed you. We hoped you missed us. Here we are as we get into the middle of what is a massive recruiting month, not just for Michigan, but across the country. But if you're Michigan and you got already a top-ranked class and several more potential, you know, high-profile targets ready to make a decision, there's a chance to really make this an epic month. One to remember joining me to discuss that, to talk about last weekend and some of the noteworthy items coming out of it. It's the best crew in the land, bar none, when it comes to talking Michigan recruiting. The TMI crew starting off with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, guys. Yeah, it's been a while. A lot to catch up on for sure. So won't be any shortage of material here. No doubt. And, of course, what, Mr. Bryce Marich? I know the people missed you, Bryce. I was up at Wolverine weekend. It's, Tell Bryce we love him. Uh, <laughs> feels good to be wanted. Yeah, man, yeah. Hey, look, if you're Michigan, I, we talk about this. We talked about this a lot. I mean, you're in a position where you feel like you're going to have to be turning guys away. In certain positions, that's really what it's looking like. Now, since our last episode, oh, a month or so ago, Michigan has picked up some commitments. Let's just start off with what happened here in the last weekend. We knew that Owen Wafel was on the verge of a commitment when he told Notre Dame he wanted to visit Michigan. And Notre Dame said, if you visit Michigan, then you are committed. And he said, oh, well, I want to visit Michigan. So that was that, right? It was kind of it was kind of clear at that point he was going to wind up in Michigan, right, Bryce? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, this is a guy too that it helps that he's in the state of New Jersey, and they happen to have a recruiter back on staff who knows the state pretty well, and Chris Partridge, the linebackers coach. Um, but it wasn't really just him this recruitment. You know, Mike Elston was kind of the the front runner. He kind of led the charge for Michigan and. Did a really good job with connecting with him and his family. Um, and this, in my opinion, is one of my he's the moment he committed was he became one of my favorite commits. I mean, he's six foot two, 290 pounds. He reminds me a lot of Mason Graham. He could play both ways. He plays for elite program in the Hun uh school in Princeton, New Jersey. And Sam, they haven't lost a game in two years, so he's a winner. And instant, like I said, he can bull rush, he can you know, make moves up in the middle, and he can be moved around. You know, this is a guy that is flexible. You know, he's still getting bigger. His dad played at Duke along the defensive line, so he's got good genes there. And overall, this is a guy that I think could see the field somewhat early. 
You know, like I said, he reminds me a lot of Mason Graham. He's got a high motor, brute strength, and someone that's just a hard worker as well. So I, I love the pickup. I know this is a Notre Dame helping out Michigan once again. That's how I look at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, New Jersey. Anytime a New Jersey kid pops, uh, you know, Steve, you got to be thinking about about Chris Partridge, right? I mean, he's the one that got the ball. Like, I don't think Wafel was really on Michigan's radar until after Partridge took the linebackers coach job, right? And then uh, basically he did visit Michigan, and I don't – you know, I don't know the full details there. I, he may have visited Michigan without telling Notre Dame initially and then <laughs> went to Notre Dame after. There was some kind of deal there where he was definitely on campus. Nobody knew about it. Uh, and, and after that visit, I actually think Michigan felt really good about the flip. And uh, But, yeah, Chris Partridge is the one that definitely got the ball rolling here. As Bryce said, Mike Elson helps with the close here. But it's – I mean, I'm, technically I know he decommitted from Notre Dame before he committed to Michigan, but this is kind of one of the – easier flips I can ever remember uh, since I've covered recruiting. I mean, they hosted him once and then they, they flipped him, you know, he, he took his official, uh, but yeah, I super explosive player for his size um, guy that I got to imagine Notre Dame, which is, was still in their commitment class, you know, but, but yeah, it's, I always think it's fun and interesting when a guy that really, we never really discussed at all. Uh, it goes from, Goes from a nobody in Michigan's the Michigan fans' eyes to a yeah, like Bryce said, I think one of the more, I think one of the guys I think a lot of people are going to pick as sort of the sleeper or one of the sleepers in this class. Um, which on that note, you're going to see guys that are like four stars in this class that are going to be called sleepers because it's such a deeper class from top to bottom, right? I mean, and, and he's a, I don't know he's a four star in either the composite or in twenty four seven, but either way, uh, yeah, I think a guy that is going to be a popular pick for sleeper and and yeah i mean just a nice easy stress-free flip and addition for michigan up front yeah man it's it's funny you should mention guys who are sleepers that people are going to be wild by we were just talking about chris partridge those two things come into focus again when you're talking about jade smith kid out of west charlotte high school down in charlotte north carolina i've known his coach sam griner uh, for years, and we're going to wind up playing an interview with Sam Griner in a second episode that we're going to do this week. So you're not going to – when we come back, we come back strong. So we're going to come back with two episodes this week. And in the second episode, going to feature an interview with Sam Griner, Jaden Smith's coach. And, guys, I, I mean, if he's not talking about how much he loves Chris Partridge and Jay Harbaugh because he loves those guys dating back to when – Michigan recruited Kravaris Crouch at the other school. I can't remember what Kravaris Crouch's school was, but that's when they got really, really tight with, with Griner. Um, you know, if he's not talking about how much he loves those guys, he's talking about this kid maybe being the best kid he's ever coached. And he's had 15 guys in the NFL. This three-star guy on the board, Steve, but you look at his tape, you listen to Sam talk about him, you see how vigorously Michigan recruits, recruited him. Very clear they think higher of him than that. He might be even even more popular pick for sleeper, I guess. So we're talking about a couple potential sleeper commitments here. Uh, yeah, I think Jaden was given an 88 to start uh, by 24-7 today. Uh, again, he's a guy when, when if, if, I guess, not when, we're not sure when we'd see him, but uh, if one of our evals 
or evaluators gets him live, uh, I think that's a rating that's going to change. I think Michigan first was aware of Smith back in the late winter and immediately had their eyes on him at that point. He's not necessary. He's not built yet like a linebacker, but that's the kind these are the kind of guys that linebacker that Partridge is looking for as far as explosiveness, uh, guys that can play in space and just that pure athleticism. But I know one thing I, I saw, Sam, I think it was your write up about the bend that Smith has uh, that Griner was mentioning. He has elite bend for a kid of his length and size, uh, you know, the versatility here is is something that Michigan is really, really going to be able to work with. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was one again, and this, this is, you know, this is why you always develop good relationships across the country, right? You know, they didn't get Quavars Crouch when they recruited him, but Griner's a guy who's always seems to be coaching top level D one type kids in the area. Uh, this is why you do that because there's no doubt that his, um, affinity for for Partridge Harbaugh, Jay Harbaugh, and the Michigan program uh, had to have drastically helped their chances here. So, uh, yeah, another kid that I think there's just a lot of possibilities uh, with what could happen with him. And, and again, another nice, nice pickup. These 87s and 88s, when you see guys that are that athletic, you know there's a no, the nice, nice chance that they're going to outlive that or outdo that ranking. Well, I got to tell you, last few years, you know, Sam, Griner, he's gotten kind of big time. I'm talking to him on the phone, and he's like, "Sam, you must be on an Android. You don't, you don't sound as crispy as crispy and as clean as me on an iPhone." See, <laughs> see, Sam Griner went and got on. I don't know if you guys watched the Amazing Race. Sam Griner no. was on the Amazing Race, and he was winning. <laughs> he was winning the Amazing Race, and then his his wife got she was pregnant, and so they had to drop out of the Amazing Race, and they were going to come back. And you know some of the other contestants protested them coming back. So, but Sam, Sam, by the way, I mean, you know, I, I guess things happen, right? When you talk about competing on the amazing race, things can kind of derail things. But they should have let Sam back. My point is, hey, he was like, dude, you got to up your game, Sam. And he said, oh, by the way, tell Jim Harbaugh if he wants a rematch in that chess game that I wiped the floor with him in. I do that too. See, you see how Sam is now. He used to be the all oh, shucks, you know, Southern hospitality guy. Now he's the smack talking Sam. So he said, "Jim, hey, Coach Harbaugh, if you want some, come get some." That's not me. That's not Sam Webb. That's Sam Griner saying that. So, you know, if you know Jim Harbaugh, he definitely wants a piece of that. So I, I want to see that matchup. I also want to see Jaden, Jaden Smith, guys, when he's two hundred and thirty pounds, because what's striking to me is looking at the linebacker board once Chris Partridge came in, and it's very clear. Like, Steve, you've talked about it a lot. Like, he immediately came in and upped the the intensity of the recruitment of Jeremiah Beasley. And then you see guys like, you know, getting on a guy like Jaden Smith. It's clear he wanted linebackers who could really, really run, sideline-to-sideline guys. And it was one of the things that Sam talked about. In, in the description, he said, sideline to sideline guy. And they, they were talking about how they really need those guys, uh, in the, more of those guys in the linebacker room. There is a type that is being recruited to, and I don't think it's any question, it's that SEC influence that, that Partridge is bringing with them. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and here's the other thing, too. We talk, you talk about wanting to see him at 230. Another thing, and I know we'll talk about a couple guys later, Elias Rudolph being one specifically, they are definitely recruiting 
with Ben Herbert in mind as far as, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They look, they can find a guy who, who other schools may look at and say, I don't, you know, he's a little skinny, he's a little undersized, you know, it'd take a lot of development, but we've seen how Michigan has developed some of these guys. And it's clear, I think they feel even more comfortable than they, than they maybe ever have as far as like, you know, not only do they have the development just on the, just on the coaching side or just the development player development side, uh, but the body development, you know, that Herbert has shown, has, has shown and, and, and just the strength and conditioning program. How many times have we heard how much of a strength right. that is uh, with recruits when they're on campus? But yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, Sam, as far as wanting to see this kid with more weight on him. And the thing is, we, we're going to see it at some point, right? I mean, it's a basically a certainty that they're going to get him there. So uh, yeah, it just feels like the, they, I think there's a lot of confidence right now that they, they can recruit and sort of build these like monster you know, these monsters in in the weight room and stuff and, and then put them on the football field to, uh, to let them make plays. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the the transfer portal edition uh, that they picked up in, in Josh Wallace. Uh, you, you looked at how his recruitment unfolded when he hit the portal. Uh, coming from UMass, it was like a, a run. Uh, Big timers, you know, Penn State came through with an offer. Of course, Michigan, uh, you had other powerful Oklahoma came through with an offer. Uh, of course, you had some of the others. Virginia Tech wound up being interesting because his high school coach was uh, is, is on that staff of Virginia Tech. They were promising him a starting position. Iowa uh, uh, offered as well. Uh, but Michigan ultimately came out on top, didn't promise him a starting position, right? You got to imagine while Michigan is definitely putting uh, a really significant foot forward with NIL, it's not NIL promising this this guaranteed money coming in the door like certain other schools are. And he chose Michigan. Bryce, the the opportunity, and I know you know Mike McCray. I know you uh you know you've heard Mike McCray talk very highly about Josh Wallace as well. Compares him to David Long. Mike McCray used to be a linebacker at Michigan, coach Josh Wallace. Uh, was on the coaching staff at UMass with Josh Wallace, was a four-year starter, right, two-time captain. Uh, he said, compared him to David Long as far as football IQ, size, doesn't have David Long's speed. He, you know, Dave, David Long's 4'3", four, 4'4". Four, four. This is a 4'5 guy, but you talk about a guy with a wealth of experience, a high football IQ, really significant ball skills. He was a standout basketball player in high school, played with Hunter Dickinson just brings a lot of boxes, a lot of check boxes to the fold at a position, one of the few positions on the uh, on the team, on the roster, Bryce, where you're like, okay, that's a question mark. Well, he helps answer it in a big way. This is probably the last, I guess, box for them to check off. You know, cornerback, I think the biggest thing coming out of that spring game was watching Amari and Walker and saying, do we have enough? And after seeing it, I think the coaches said, you know what, we might, but we don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. And he instantly brings experience. He brings leadership. He's, I think, out of the eight or nine transfers, he's another multi-captain. Mm-hmm. So he's bring, he's bringing leadership to the room. Plus, on top of all that, he's durable. He played four seasons I don't think he really missed a game. This guy, he, you know, he's got good coverage skills. And, uh, you know, while he didn't get tested as much playing at UMass, I think the the opportunity to come to Michigan to compete for a championship, and on top of that, 
to go to the next level was the most intriguing because, as we know, Michigan might not be the leader when it comes to NIL, but they're doing a pretty good job in sending guys to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the paycheck he would get at the NFL compared to 50000 is nothing. So I think that's something that was also very intriguing. Plus, if you look at the UMass staff, Sam, they got a few connections to Michigan too. It's not just Mike McCray. You know, I mean, you look at the head coach, I've, and I think Chris Partridge's brother is or was on staff. I think it was his cousin. I think he was on staff, right? Right. Yeah. You, know, you got Steve uh, Kasula. You know, he was on staff too. So at Michigan, but. I'm really big fan of this pickup. This is one I think was much needed. I don't think it's a for, for sure thing he's going to start, but it's just it just you know it just helps the room overall, and it takes the floor of the cornerback room up another notch. That's how I look at this. Yeah, it, it takes some of the pressure off of the competition between Amarion Walker and Jay McBurrows, and you know those guys develop. Uh, as quickly as they can at, their, at the pace, at the right. You don't have to force feed them in there before they ready, if they're ready. If they are ready, if they wind up winning the spot, great. It's gravy uh, having Josh Wallace around. You, what you know is he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. You just got to wait and see, is it going to be a starting role? And you're right, it raises the floor of a, a position where it's like one of the few question marks that they have. Uh, let's, let's move back into uh, recruiting for the 24 cycle, though. And talk about Manuel Beagle, uh, a guy where he committed, Bryce. People are like, what? Uh, you know, foreign guy, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, power five attention yet. Clearly, Michigan saw something before the other schools did because, boy, has his recruitment blown up, which made him coming back to campus for, a vis- uh, for his visit really significant. I know you talked to him coming out of it. Yeah, so Emmanuel Beagle, long-time Michigan commit. He's uh, originally from Germany, but transferred over to the States a few years ago. Um, he's still learning the game of football. Six foot five, 282 pounds. He played soccer in Germany, so he's not your average soccer player, but very versatile. I mean, schools like Penn State, Texas A&M, Georgia actually offered him for offensive line. And so Michigan, you know, Mike Elston likes him along the defense line. And after looking at some of the pictures he posted coming up here with his family for the official visit, he's got the frame that you're just like, this guy could be a monster. You know, once he starts to learn the position, once he starts to understand the technique, once he fully develops his body with a guy like Ben Herbert, I think the sky's the limit. And for him to come up here, say, I'm done with visits, I'm 100% locked in, was a huge bonus, I think, coming away from this past weekend. And a guy, again, we Steve just mentioned it. You talk about another guy who I think super underrated, that's Emmanuel Beagle. Yeah, yeah, he's his athleticism and his size. You just can't teach it. Just, he's one of those dudes, one of those big athletes you take and you figure it out. Maybe he winds up in the interior defensive line. I know some scouts think he could be an amazing offensive lineman. I said, that's a figure-it-out guy. Uh, and I, that's what Michigan saw. That's obviously what Penn State sees, what Georgia sees, uh, as those programs have, have come to the fore. Hearing Bama sniffing around, um, good for Michigan to, to kind of fortify its position with him as these other schools try to unravel that commitment. Uh, so far, 
unsuccessful. But now it's time to get over into the nitty-gritty as far as crystal ball. Crystal ball runs as they go. Uh, you know, aren't more – you don't see them be more sort of noteworthy than the one that we see uh, – that we saw coming out of last weekend, right? Because I know you put in four crystal balls, Bryce. I know coming out of the weekend, I think I put in two or three. And I know you put in a few as well, uh, Steve. So let's start off. First, Steve, with the guy that you were first among us on, and that's Bennett Warren, the offensive lineman out of Texas who, man, you back up the tape, and he did say on his prior visit to Michigan, uh, coming out of it, that Michigan was out front. Yeah, so, you know, I think what we talked about was after Michigan picked up, uh, was it Sprague? I think Sprague was the fifth guy to commit out of the group, right? Sprague or Frazier, uh, that Michigan was in a position to really just kind of seriously narrow the board down and go after some top of the line type kids. Warren is ranked as such. Michigan really likes his ceiling. Uh, I do think he's a guy that has a ways to go. But the other, the other thing though, to that point is he is somebody who's, who's kind of had a lot of really uh, some really heavy afterglow coming out of various visits to different programs. I know, yeah, there's a, Low confidence Texas A&M crystal ball in. Uh, I know Oregon was a school. I believe he may have either named leader or close at some point. But Michigan's in a position to still go after a guy like that. There's really no fear of getting hurt necessarily if if it doesn't work out because you already have an elite class and a nice mix of tackle guard and guys who could project either either way uh, with the five that they already have. So. Warren is definitely the type of guy you want to see Michigan go after. Uh, super, super long wingspan. Uh, he's just an elite guy. I think we have him like 77th or something overall uh, in the composite. So uh, a big timer. I put a crystal ball in. Uh, despite that afterglow stuff, I feel pretty confident that Michigan has led for the last few months. They led going into the official visit. There's no doubt that they continued to impress there. I think it will really, with him, it'll be a matter of how long does he drag it out? Who else does he go visit? That type of deal. But for now, I mean, I think it's a, it's one where uh, Michigan is in really good shape and says a lot because they already have five. You know, to get a top 100 kid as your sixth uh, is huge, you know. And so, you know, I think that's obviously what they're aiming for. That's what two Joe Moore words can do for you. Uh, Shiro Moore uh, recruiting from a position of power. So definitely a potentially nice addition. And, and a guy, I think that, yeah, right now, I think Michigan's in pretty good shape to land his commitment. Now you dropped a crystal ball on him too, right, Bryce? Yeah. So I, for me, you know, Steve pulled the trigger a little faster than me, but I wanted to see coming out this official visit, how he was going to feel about it. And he reaffirmed to me that Michigan led, you know, I, he told me too, in terms of timeline, he's looking to do something before his senior season starts. So it's a good chance it happens this summer, which is also, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better thing for Sharon Moore because he could potentially have his offensive line class done by maybe as early as July. You know, I know Bennett, he's got a few more officials he wants to take. Um, I think to Tennessee and Oklahoma, he recently was at Texas A&M the weekend prior to Michigan. So, I mean, for a top 100 guy, you could put all your focus in, work on him, and potentially he's, you know, the icing on the cake. That's crazy. But like Steve said, 
when you win, you know, the Joe Moore Award, back-to-back years, you got five guys are in the class. You can do these sort of things, you know? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so uh, also on a visit last week, and a guy that we've been talking about a great deal here over the last couple of months, we had Eugene Hankerson on, uh, you know, our PA correspondent who has been to see David Polly Polly. Uh, a few times and is actually going to get back out to see him or try to uh, this week. Uh, that was when you dropped the crystal ball on Bryce. So he was the second and actually prior to this podcast, I was telling Steve, um, he might be one of the most important targets left on the board because there's not many, you know, nose tackles slash defensive tackles as good as him. And you're starting to see that you're seeing his offer list kind of explode. He's got, I want to say now 25 offers, six foot two. I think he's tipping the skills at 300 pounds. He's athletic. He can move. He's versatile. You know, he's he's a space eater. And those guys don't grow on trees a la look at like a Justin Scott, you yeah. know. So this is a very important, you know, recruitment for Michigan. I know Pat State is the homeschool team. They're right there. But he's originally from Alaska. So he's got a lot of West Coast ties. Which is why you're now seeing USC something be in the mix. You got and, you know, new on this one. And you got the Polynesian roots and ties over there. So that's one I'm still watching. I still feel good about Michigan, kind of where this recruitment sits for them. But USC's looming, and I'm not taking for granted what they could sell over there as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll have more on him as uh, Gene is going to go get boots on the ground to go see that young man face-to-face to kind of see what the deal is, which brings us into one where we all put in a crystal ball, and that's Dominic Nichols. We've been here in Michigan, was trending up with him since he made it to campus uh, whenever it was, a month or two ago. And uh, the only thing in the interim to, to maybe kind of throw, uh, you know, throw, somebody, throw someone off the scent would be the Wisconsin buzz. But I just think, on the strength of this business, I've talked to several guys who were around uh, during the weekend, and Steve, they all were like, oh, Michigan's going to get that guy. They're going to get Dominic. I you know he had uh, visits coming out of that, but I'd be shocked if, if someone's able to un, undo Michigan's sort of uh, untangle Michigan's hold on him at this point. <laughs> I was I was a little bit I was a little bit surprised to see uh, a Wisconsin crystal ball come in after that visit. Uh, I mean, Evan flooded our Wisconsin site does an amazing job. He's one of the best. I think I've worked with him the whole time since I've been with twenty four seven. I just have felt like Michigan is in really good shape in this one and has been for a while. Another guy, you see the pictures coming out of the visit, just the prototypical pass rusher frame uh, that Michigan can use to build with. Um, I want to say he had a camp performance that that was written. He was a little underwhelming, but he was like coming off like a broken foot, I think, or something like that. It was like, which was not reported. Uh, So not something, if if anyone reads that report out there or whatever, probably not something to put a lot of stock into. Uh, And as a guy that, again, Michigan's been really high on him for a while. I mean, the DMV area right now for the Michigan's all over the DMV as far as edge rushing goes with with back Devin Baxter, who we'll talk about, and then Darian Mayo, obviously a top target. Even D.D. Holmes, who I, I don't think will visit, but is a guy that they recruited for a long time uh, out of Gonzaga in Washington, D.C. So 
but no, Nichols has been a top guy for them for a while. And, and yeah, I put a crystal ball in after that first visit because uh, it sounded like they really uh, liked where they stood there. And I, I definitely think this official visit uh, strengthened their position for sure. Yeah, uh, I know you have a crystal ball in. We, we all dropped them on him. And then we followed that up. And this is a very intriguing guy. It would count as another head-to-head victory over Ohio State. I, I think Elias, technically Elias Rudolph is an Ohio guy. He said he moved to Deerfield Beach in Deerfield Beach, Florida in February. I'm hearing a lot of buzz that he, he'll wind up back in Ohio for a senior season. And, you know, he was already talking to me about how football is better in Ohio than Florida. It's like, you want me to write that? Go ahead. Go ahead, Go ahead and write that. Right. <laughs> so um, this is one that the Buckeyes, Bryce, kind of thought they were firmly in the lead for. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I dropped the crystal ball. Usually we all drop crystal balls on him. Michigan trending very strongly with Elias Rudolph right now. I'm kind of shocked it's taken this long into the podcast to mention him, but Steve Klingscale, who's done a phenomenal phenomenal job this cycle, and especially in the state of Ohio, has done a really good job with Elias Rudolph. And, I mean, here's the thing, Sam. If he's going to transfer, transfer to any school in Florida, I mean, Deerfield Beach, mm-hmm. how, how convenient. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, I heard one of his hosts or one of the guys kind of leading him and his family around happen to be a guy that knows about the new program he's at, Denard Robinson. So, you know, I read your article. He's making jokes with Denard about tying his shoes. And, you know, you could tell they're really hitting off. And then the other thing, too, is his future position coach, if he were to come to Michigan, Mike Elston, has done a really good job there as well. He's got a lot of connections. You know, I'm currently on the team with – Camp Calhoun, a high school that he, you know, was 20 minutes away from his high school in Cincinnati. Breon Ishmael, DJ Waller. I mean, there's so many guys that he knows that's coming up to Michigan that this is like a home away from home. And, you know, Steve, when he talked about Dominic Nichols, you talk about a guy that is just like a skinny little ball of clay to mold, but a perfect one for Ben Herbert. Six foot four. I don't know, 205 pounds maybe. That's what he said. But a guy that's – he's a flash off the edge. He knows how to make plays, and he fits perfectly with what Michigan does off the edge and how to develop him like David Ojabo. You know, he's got that multi-sport background. And on top of that too, he just gets the game of football on – these guys from Ohio seem to have a chip, especially from the Cincinnati area. And if you can get more of those guys on the team, I'm all for it as well. Yeah, historically, Cincinnati has been very, very good. Cincinnati in particular has been very, very good to the University of Michigan. It's been a stronghold, um, you know, in that state that they could go over the years anyway, uh, where they can go to and kind of pluck talent. They put them. Cam Calhoun was his host. You're right. He felt very much at home. Uh, Clink is the is the driving force relationship-wise. But this bit, this visit was big for him connecting with Mike Elston. That that relationship went to another level. He was already feeling really tight with Jim Harbaugh, as he said. The player development piece uh, really sings to him. 
And he talked about being Herbert. He talked about being a skinny guy and wanting to get bigger. And here's the other thing, because you know Ohio State, they really try to hone in on, as well they should, this allegiance, this home state, you know, in-state kind of of deference that they expect for Ohio guys to have. They just run into a guy who didn't grow up an Ohio State fan. He said, I grew up loving Clemson. So all the more uh, the reason to think that Michigan had an opening that is going to be tough to kind of wedge them out of, Steve, uh, you know, he still has the Ohio State visit left, so you can't call it over. But I just don't see how Ohio State is going to be able to overcome the huge, huge relationship ground that Michigan is really eating up here with that young man. A Clemson fan or not, it feels weird to hear somebody say that about Michigan and recruiting an Ohio kid. You're right. It's going to be hard for Ohio State to overcome. You know, like how the times have changed, you know, I mean, uh, or at least changing, I guess, would be the best way to put it. But, yeah, another great player. Uh, another, yeah, like I thought Ball of Clay was the perfect way to describe Rudolph for Michigan. And, uh, yeah, Cincinnati's always a great city to hit because it's far enough south where there are other allegiances, other programs in the general area where not everyone in that area is married to Ohio State, right? I mean, they're still going to get guys out of there. They always have. But it's not like – you know, like a Dayton or, uh, or, you know, a lot of the cities that are much Cleveland, like the cities that are a little bit closer to Columbus. So, uh, you know, smart of, we, we've talked a lot about it, Michigan, very smart to attack the, the, the top programs in Cincinnati. And, uh, it's really been paying dividends for them. I mean, you see the guys, the kids coming in, uh, this, like you talk about Cam Calhoun, we all love Jason, uh, Hewlett, you know, is another one that everyone loves is what, what his potential is in the Michigan defense. So, uh, but yeah, with, with Rudolph, like I said, I mean, the ceiling for these edge guys that they're leading for and are crystal balled, um, man, we've seen what they've done with guys. We've seen what they've done with guys who maybe really didn't even have the physical and athletic traits yeah. that some of these guys have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, so you're, you're, they're in a position now where it, it's going to be – it's very hard to imagine them not getting four guys in that mold. Uh, that can that not only are are good prospects but are high ceiling prospects as well and and Rudolph uh, you know much like Nichols I think is is right in that camp right so let's pause right here when we come back on the other side we'll stay in Ohio uh, because you know there were some prospects that Michigan was clearly in chase mode with Bryce West was among them for sure the corner from Cleveland Glenville uh, a prospect who I think Michigan led for at one time. Uh, but I think Ohio State, uh, you know, over the course of the spring, they were able to, you know, kind of rise into the pole position there. We'll talk about that. And then some other prospects that at least the vibe coming out of the weekend, the vibe from inside is that they they improved their position, they're standing with, still kind of feeling like, at least from the outside, though, that they might be, uh, it might, might still be kind of long shots. We'll get into them on the other side as well. Stay tuned for more. Return on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So, fellas, Bryce West, cornerback prospect. There was a time where this was like, why are we even talking about a Glenville kid, right? Ted again, dating back to the early 2000s when he came up. Now, the last guy that Michigan got from Glenville was, well, the last guy they got that Ohio State was on from Glenville was Pierre Woods. They've had other Glenville guys since then. You know, obviously, Frank Clark, um, uh, Willie Henry, Willie, Willie Earl. Yeah, Willie Henry. You mm-hmm. know, so you, you had some other guys that were really productive guys. That just tells you the depth of that program. But those are two pros, and those weren't even guys that Ohio State uh, was on. Well, guess what? They have been on Bryce West in a huge way, and this has been a knockdown, drag-out battle. But Ohio State, I think Bryce was able to flip it back in their favor heading into what was a pivotal official visit last weekend. And one, now you talked to the other guys on the trip. I know you talked you talk to Jacob Oden. You know, I talked to some of the other prospects, talked to Boo Carter, uh, talked to Elias Rudolph. And said they were all like, hey, man, you know, Michigan, they're looking better with Bryce now. So I don't know. I mean, I'm still not ready to say that they have overtaken Ohio State, but things do seem like they've gotten a little more interesting again. Yeah, you know, I would say they definitely made up a lot of ground from this past weekend, but I don't know if it was enough ground to overcome it. You know, I've always said I think Michigan has always sat better with Aaron Scott compared to Bryce West. I still kind of feel that way going into Aaron Scott's official and coming out of Bryce West's official to Michigan, but – you know, I, like I said, I talked to Jacob Oden, a guy who knows Bryce pretty well. I mean, they went to that basketball game together back, I want to say, in January during the wintertime in Ann Arbor, and they've really formed a strong relationship, not only those two, but Boo Carter as well. And, you know, when I talked to Bryce, he said the three of us, we, we, you know, we definitely talked about teaming up at the next level. And he said, you know, if I were to go to another school other than Michigan, it would be hard saying no to those guys just because how close I am to them. But Jacob told me, he's like, I feel pretty confident kind of where Michigan sits. I know there's some optimism on Michigan's side, but I, I would say to be cautious. It's cautiously optimistic there, yeah. you know, and that's kind of how I'd put it right now going because he still has his Ohio State official visit to go. He sure does. They're really working the the Aaron Scott Bryce West package deal kind of thing, and I think that's kind of resonating with those guys. You know, there's going to be a consistent theme to these next couple of guys, at least with me, Steve. That these guys that Michigan really had to make up significant ground with, and that they clearly believe they did make up ground with. If they're going to overtake the competition, I think it's going to take getting them back on campus again, and I'm I'm feeling that way about Bryce West. We're going to be talking about Justin Scott 
and, and Ryan Wingo. I think they are definitely in better position with, with Bryce West than those two. But still, with as much emphasis as Ohio State has put on him, the school that he comes from, right, the obvious need that they have for him at that position, I just think this one is going to be tough. You know what stood out to me? Uh, and tell me if you if this resonates with you, Steve, is the thing he talked about most coming out of the visit. He said, man, the way Michigan coaches, you know, their coaches, the way they coach their guys up. And I think that's a real thing for for these these DBs who are looking at Ohio State versus Michigan. I know it's a thing for Aaron Scott. I know it's a thing for Aaron Scott. Like, where are you going to get developed? You know, are you going to go there and, you know, get, you know, get, you know, tire tracks, you know, rolled over you like they did last year in the in the Michigan-Ohio State game where there was no answer, where you had guys wildly out of position, didn't know where to be, coach didn't know how to put them in the right spot? Are you going to go to Michigan and where you see a freshman guy come in and look like an All-American? You see a guy like D.J. Turner get developed into a second-round pick. You see Mikey Samristel flip sides of the ball and become like an all-league dude. Like, I, I mean, that is a real thing. So that sticks out to me. If if there is something that Michigan is going to be able to seize upon, Steve, and and really flip it, getting them back on campus, and really leaning into the coaching advantage that it seems like they have. Yeah, with Sainer still – you're talking about not only flipping but flipping sides of the ball. He may maybe arguably the biggest play in the in the Michigan Ohio State game last year, knocking the ball out of Cade Stover's hands. Right? I mean, talk about the difference between development there. I mean, you saw how out of place they were all game long, and yeah, you have a guy that switched positions, and in one year he's making huge plays uh, in the biggest game of the season. So I'd say this: uh, get the negative thing out, of, negative side out of the way first. I, I got to say, I think Ohio State won the first battle with Michigan in these two recruitments when you talk about West and Scott by getting the last official visit between yeah, the two did. schools, right? They and they get West and Scott both up on the same weekend, which Michigan was not able to do either. So, um, but I agree fully. It's felt like Michigan's in a much better position with Aaron Scott. Um, I mean, well, Sam, your trip down there, your stuff with him. I mean, really can't get much more in depth about what a kid wants. Uh, I mean, he's talking specifically about the type of coverage that Michigan plays as something major in their favor. Right. So, you know, and and we've seen the laundry list of guys that Steve Clinkscale Clinkscale has developed. Uh, Kentucky, Michigan, probably before. I don't know. I, I'm sure before as well. But um, but he's also such a great recruiter too, right? I mean, the no nonsense stuff really works a lot with guys. Uh, and and I think that that talking mentioning the coaching style as a highlight on the visit, I think speaks a lot to. Yeah, I mean, it's that no nonsense. Uh, you know, these guys are always being promised the world uh, by every school that's recruiting them. But I, I think Michigan makes out of the promise types of promises Michigan makes as far as getting on the field, I, I think are always a little bit different, a little bit more unique. You know, it's a, you'll have the opportunity, but you're not guaranteed a darn thing, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think, I think better shot with Aaron Scott for sure. I didn't realize Bryce West, there's seven crystal balls in for Ohio State right now. I mean, pretty much everyone <laughs> in our network thinks he's going to Ohio State. I did not know there were that many. But, uh, but yeah, I also fully agree. Kid who I do not think is in a hurry, right, uh, you got to get him back up again yeah. for sure. He's one for sure. Because right now Ohio State's getting the last, the last, the last shot, the last word. Uh, and, and I think 
if you're Michigan in this race specifically, uh, you're going to want another opportunity. Do they need that? Did they need that response with Aaron Scott? I don't know. Maybe not as much, or we'll see. But with Bryce West specifically, I think they'd want another opportunity uh, after Ohio State uh, rightfully goes all out in a couple weeks for him or next weekend for him. Yeah, I, I speaking with a, a source close to Aaron Scott's recruitment, it's very, very clear that the, the pendulum sort of was, it was like an inverse, like on one end early in the recruitment with Aaron Scott, you know, Ohio state was out front and Michigan felt like, and we even talked about this on one of the pockets. They're out front, out front with Bryce West. And then, it's like the shoe was on the other foot. And I, hey, look, Ohio State could wind up with both of them. I just think they have a tougher battle on their hands when it comes to – and they acknowledge. That's the thing. I think that's the thing that's most surprising to me. I mean, we won't kind of get too deep into Aaron Scott in this episode. But the surprising thing to me is how many of their experts are kind of like, oh, well, this is a little bit more of a battle than we thought. You know, this isn't a slam dunk, and he really is looking hard at Michigan. Like, they know. They know, and, and you certainly have a coach there in Mo Douglas who, as you guys heard on that episode, is going is, is gonna to help level the playing field. He's not going to push the guy to Michigan by any stretch. You know, he's had five guys go to Michigan. He's not going to push him to Michigan, but he is going to make it so all of the negative recruiting that uh, is going to come in Ohio recruits' way if he's being recruited by Ohio State, he's going to weed that out and kind of let, let the kid look at both schools on the merits. And that's a tough thing when it's a DB for Ohio State. Because DBs, I mean, you look at one and you look at the other, there is no comparison. There is no comparison about secondary play and development. They might recruit five-star guys. They don't, they don't coach them like five-star guys, right? So we'll see how, how that impacts Aaron Scott or if it impacts um, Bryce West. But I kind of teased it a little bit. Steve, the the other guys that Michigan has significant ground to make up, uh, you know, make up with, and I just they may have made up ground, and I, I know that's the the vibe coming out of the weekend. That's what people who were present for the week uh, for the visit were saying about Ryan Wingo and Justin Scott. I just think with those guys, uh, especially if you are really going to pull an upset or have a legit chance at pulling an upset. In these races, you got to get them back on campus. They they feel like they made up some ground though with, with both Wingo, uh, Ryan Wingo, the five star receiver, and Justin Scott, the five star defensive lineman. Yep. So these are guys that you keep recruiting no matter who you get. Um, these are guys who are not going to care how many players are committed at their position because they believe they're better than the guys that you that your school has committed at each of those positions. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they visited it's hard not to think they didn't make up some ground right that's the kind of the thing is like it's always hard you know the 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 art is parsing through it uh to to write to really kind of get a real read on on where things stand uh i guess the one good thing is i mean they're at least within traveling distance to to come back at some point you know justin scott in chicago that's not that far of a trip if michigan works hard to try to get him up for a game or whatever but uh, yeah, I mean, I put them both in the same camp. I, I thought it was kind of funny, uh, maybe a little bit better. I think we all agree a little bit better of a shot with Justin Scott, though, versus Ryan Wingo, correct? Um, <laughs> when Wingo was on campus, I don't know if it was 24-7. I, I think it was our main, like, recruiting account or something that did, like, a graphic where it had, like, Ryan Wingo's top schools 
other contenders and then like Dark Horse. And there were like eight schools on there. And uh, Michigan wasn't even one of them. <laughs> this is while he's on an official visit. <laughs> so the people on the board are kind of like, why is he even visiting? You know, so, uh, but no, I mean, I, you know, it does. It'll totally come down to a, a return visit for both of those guys, right? I mean, with Scott, it's what, Georgia, Notre Dame, uh, Miami, a uh, couple other schools, right? Yeah, so, Ohio State. Yep. So, not easy schools to recruit against, uh, let alone maybe with a to get a comeback victory against either. So yeah, not if you're out, if you listen, if you if you're on the site or whatever, yeah, not recruitments you would should put a lot of uh, what do you call it emotional effort into. I would say. Yeah, I would say get your hopes up if they do work them in, you know, convince them to come back for an officials. I, I just feel like the the circumstances with with Justin Scott are better. When, yeah, they've been recruiting Ryan Wingo for a long time. You guys remember how much he raved about Jay Harbaugh. I, was, I went to St. Louis to his high school to see him last year. And he was just all about how he formed a nice early relationship with, with Jay Harbaugh. But it just seemed like his mention of Michigan uh, died significantly. It dwindled some with Justin Scott, too. As other schools rose to the fore, there was some Ohio State buzz, and then there was massive Georgia buzz, right? But he always he always talked about visiting Michigan. So it wasn't a surprise when Michigan wound up on his official visit list. And I think that's based largely upon Mike Elston being like the his first coach that he connected with when he was at Notre Dame. And that relationship came with him to Michigan. And I think that that's legit. I think the connection with Elston is legit. Uh, The thing that makes it hard is he has opened up so much more to the idea of going out of region. When I first started talking to Justin Scott last year, Bryce, he was, I mean, proximity to home was a big deal. I just didn't see any way, uh, you know, a school was going to, a school other than Michigan, Notre Dame, or Ohio State was going to get him. Now, I still think Georgia's the leader, uh, but, Coming out of the weekend, the the vibe coming out of Michigan. So I think this is in class circles what they're saying. They think that they've overcome the competition other than Georgia. They think Georgia is the team they're chasing now. Problem is, you got visits to Miami and Ohio State coming up. So even if even if you have overtaken those teams, and if you even if you are the prime contender uh, to to Georgia, you got you got. Miami and Ohio State that can swing that pendulum. So the only way to me for this to to be a thing is if they can get him back for an official or an unofficial, I should say. Yeah, when it comes to Justin Scott, how I look at it is like the longer it goes, the better for Michigan. So if he decides to commit this summer, they're definitely probably not going to get him. If he kind of drags it on and maybe they get them up for a game or something like that or maybe even the barbecue now we can talk a little more but i think the other angle that michigan did a really good job with this weekend is the academic side you know um they always seem to do really good with when it comes to the parents and just kind of impressing the parents and i know his mom who's an educator as well was really impressed by the presentation what you know michigan offers on and off the field and when you're looking at some schools he's also considering, I don't think other than I would say probably Notre Dame 
stacks up to academic portion That's or level compared to point. Michigan. That's a good point. So I'd say Michigan can really harp and pull those heartstrings on the academic side, but I don't know how far that's going to get them. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those things where if you can get them up to campus again, I think now we can start talking more. But until then, I think it was good to get them up. They made a lot of ground, but there's still even more ground to work with him. Anything uh, you guys got? What are your thoughts on Jordan Johnson Rubel? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He'll he'll end up. He'll end up elsewhere. I mean, uh, I, 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 what was? I think I reported one thing on that one. Um, I think the belief is there's a shot, and that it's not a long shot, which to me says that it's a long shot. Still, I mean, I, I just. First official visit, Michigan has kind of been in, what, an outside factor for a while. I mean, it just didn't feel like, you know, we've been doing this long enough. We know when there's, like, legit buzz or legit, you know, good vibes coming off of a recruitment. Not saying that, you know, that guys don't leave like they're going to get them, but you know if they're going to stay in the race or if they're going to be a major factor. And uh, nothing in that one to suggest uh, that that's going to be the case. No doubt. All right. So now let's start looking ahead to the weekend. There's a, another big visit weekend, but before the weekend really gets underway, you got a couple of uh, decision announcements that are set to take place. First up on the agenda is Amarion Stewart coming up on Friday. Friday at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. Uh, a guy who we've been talking about being a top, top, top target since last summer. Uh, Michigan has been on him uh, as hard as any receiver recruit, which uh, makes it clear what they think of his talent level. And I think we all have crystal balls in for Marion Stewart to Michigan now, right? So uh, it's just a matter of ha- have any of these other schools really been able to undo that? I know Wisconsin was pushing really hard, right? But I'd just be shocked if if that doesn't go Michigan's way. That's one for a while, right? It's kind of felt that way. I mean, it felt like we've been talking about him connecting with Channing Goodwin, Jordan Ship, mm-hmm. you know, and on, and on an early visit. Yeah, this one's one is one that has kind of felt like it's been Michigan's to lose for months now. I'd say, right? I mean, it just there's. I don't think there's been a, a point because we've all had crystal balls in for a while on him. I don't think there's ever been a point where any of us were questioning our crystal ball there. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's a crystal ball or a page I've checked on in, in quite a while. So. Yeah. You know what? He, he, I think is a, a really good, you know, what they thought AJ Henning was, was kind of going to be. This kid is more of that in that, you know, AJ was, he was fat. He was straight line fast. Whereas, Amari on a straight line fast and, and really shifty, really quick side to side. You know, you had you had um AJ had kind of stop go quickness as opposed to make you miss shake and bake quickness. There's a difference. And Amaria brings that to the table. Uh guy you really give it to in space. Uh, you know, a guy who who is when you think about his his explosiveness as a leaper, really good ball skills. You know why they are like, man, this is a dude 
Bryce, so you hope they can bring it home uh, if you are a member of this class and you've been counting them. Like, I know members of this class have been counting him as a member. <laughs> They've been, they've been talking like he's like he's in it. So you hope for their sake that they, they get it done because they'd be, they be crushed if he is in the class. So we'll see. Now, same kind of thing, Bryce. Some of them have been talking like Boo Carter's in this class. And I just think that that's, you know, I know how things may have looked, you know, the week leading into the visit. I know how things looked on the visit. But then he told me, Earlier this week, I might be going to Tennessee on Tuesday, on Wednesday. And that was not locked in stone when he was on campus last uh, over the weekend, on Michigan's campus over the weekend. And he made that visit to Tennessee. You can't, if you were projecting him to Michigan, you know, you're in the class. I think you got to be feeling uneasy about that right now. So coming out, he's official to Michigan. I, this was just my opinion. I personally felt Michigan led for him. I really did. I think they did a great job. But the caveat to all that, Sam, was is he going to take another you know visit to Tennessee? And lo and behold, he took that trip, and he's like the Brian Robinson of Tennessee. He's been to Tennessee so many times <laughs> that you just kind of figure he's in the class at that point, you know? And you're like, this is a guy that knows everything about Tennessee. You know, he's from the state, so they're, you know, the hometown hero sort of thing. And they can pitch him too. you know, look at our offense. Because I know, Sam, you got to see him, and I did too up close at the Wayne State camp. Mm-hmm. He can go both ways. Yes, he can. Easily. Easily. That's no question about that. I think the biggest thing about this is not about his – if he picks Michigan or Tennessee. It's about what happens next. Because I don't think Michigan's going to give up. I know I even if he picks Tennessee, I think this recruitment's far from over. I think you could see him back on campus at Michigan during the fall. So this is one I'm going to tell fans to just take a step back. Even if he doesn't pick Michigan, just be prepared that they're going to keep coming after him, especially Steve Klinkscale, who he has a great relationship with. Yeah, no doubt. I I agree with you. I think that Boo is, uh, as much as he is, I think his athleticism is pretty. He's a four star guy. I, I somehow I feel like he's underrated. He he's an eighty nine on twenty four seven. Sam, I, I I just can't fathom that he's an eighty nine. He's a he's a four star on the composite. Right, 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 right. But to, for us, he's an eighty nine. And I was just gonna say whether he commits to Michigan or Tennessee, whatever, he's definitely one of the five or six most underrated kids that I, at least, you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen every kid's page. I'm not watch every, but of the kids, at least at Michigan's recruiting, he is far none one of the two or three. He is not a three-star prospect at all. So right, I, I just want to say that I was really, yeah, really raring to say that. Yeah. So. Legit, legit corner uh, skills. But at the camp, he was like, I'm going to show these dudes. Uh, I I could play receiver. Like I don't think anyone was really questioning that, but I think he was kind of making a point that no, I could be like a four or you know a highly rated receiver if I wanted to just do that. And wherever I go, I need to definitely play both ways. And Michigan was all about that. Uh, they really leaned into the Jabril Peppers comparison. I think that really resonated with him. And I agree with you, Bryce. Win or lose, 
Michigan or Tennessee, and probably uh, the other schools on his list for that matter, this recruitment will not be over till signing day. Period. He is got that dude. I think is gonna visit other schools after he commits. I, I just I don't see how it doesn't happen. Right. So um, news heading into this big visit weekend. So we'll give you a little bit of a preview. We'll come back to it a little more in depth in the special Friday episode. Right. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll release a time here in the next couple of days or in the next day or so about when you should look for that to drop. But Jordan Ship, uh, we talked to him coming out of his his visit a couple of weeks ago. His visit to Michigan is official. He was blown away. I dropped a crystal ball after that. Uh, I think his mom, his dad, I think they all got a much better appreciation for Michigan's offense, what his role would be in it. Uh, the fact that they are, while they're going to be a balanced attack, they're going to they're gonna wing it a little bit more. They're going to stretch the field a little bit more is a better way to put it. Uh, and I just think his, his connections with guys across, or coaches across the spectrum, connections within the team beyond Channing Goodwin and, and Jaden Davis, who were not on the visit, I think that was a big deal that he had relations, relationships outside of them. I think all of those things were trending Michigan's way. Uh, but he still had other visits. He, he still had Carolina and uh, NC State. He was talking about maybe visit, visiting Virginia Tech, uh, but left open the possibility of coming back on an unofficial while Channing and Jaden were here on on officials, and now he's locked that visit in. He's coming back for an unofficial this weekend, so he's going to be here with all the commits, right? All those coaches get be here with his quarterback. Fellas, I just – I upped my crystal ball confidence on that one now. I, I think he's totally moved past the the idea, you know, the, the, the need to stay home. And here's the other thing. We were talking about Georgia being a big deal, and Georgia's kind of faded into the background of that recruitment. I, I started to think they were the biggest obstacle. Now I think Michigan's going to get this guy. Uh, it's big to get him back on campus for uh, another visit within a, a week or so of the last one. Yep. So yeah, Georgia backing off is like I think th- yeah, North Carolina and, and North Carolina State. Is he the one who's a, a isn't he a North Carolina State legacy? Didn't his dad no, play his dad for? Played at Florida. Okay. Yeah. Why did I think there's somebody there recruiting? But he's that been to NC Carolina, State. Carolina State a lot. Right. Um, again, another guy that I think for a while there were questions about how high Michigan was on him because he's not as highly ranked as as Channing Goodwin was, but he was you know. Felt like Michigan. Well, no, Michigan. He's been a he's a tip top target and has been for a long time. And uh, you know, just so happens he goes to the same school as he. You know, I think that obviously helps that that, that gets you in and everything. But uh, you know, a very important piece to the class with that his size. Uh, that's one. That's one thing where Michigan's recruiting a, a different type of you know guys like a, a more of like the Amari and Stewart types this cycle. They they want at least one big guy. I think, and, and ship fits the mold in a big way. And I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, this will be probably posted after I do it, but you know, with him coming back uh, for another visit, I'll be putting in a crystal ball now as well for that one. So uh, just, if that doesn't tell you, right. I mean, <laughs> June's the, June's the month to take your visits to other schools. If you're visiting the same school twice in three weeks, <laughs> teammates, teammates are not usually a pretty good indication that that school is, is in a good position with you. So uh but yeah, again, it just, you know, Michigan's had to put in a lot of effort with it, but, the, you know, more than maybe any class I can remember, they're getting guys that we've had listed as top targets for months, you know, like guys that they have been recruiting as top guys 
since uh, for most guys, well over a calendar year at this point, you know, so it's, it's very interesting. I mean, of course they're getting more highly ranked guys, but we know Michigan has guys they like anyway. Uh, they're getting both right now. And they are, they're getting guys that we've had listed up top for months and months. So, and ship would be the latest or one of the, one of the newer guys or one of the big ones on the offensive side of the ball. So Bryce uh, kind of lay out this, this weekend. I know this is the big weekend for the commitments, like the whole class essentially is going to be, is going to be taking an official visit this weekend. Uh, and that, what that sets up is the uncommitted guys really, you know, getting the recruiting treatment from the guys in the class. So the of the uncommitted kind of lay out the uncommitted guys that will be on campus this weekend. So they get about four. We're in now five with Jordan Ship, but he's staying unofficial. But let's start off with Michael Uni, um, offensive tackle from the state of Texas. Four-star, top two, four-seven prospect. This is a guy saying that, you know, Sharon Moore's done a really good job recruiting. They got him up during the spring, had a great time. He's returning. I kind of feel Clemson, Alabama, a couple of the big-time programs are in with him. But Michigan's been kind of like a steady, consistent factor, you know, throughout his recruitment. And him coming back shows, you know, his interest in the program as well. Moving along, Devin Baxter, we're talking about edges, another long, lengthy uh, edge from the DMV. He's like 6'6", 225. He's got insane length and wingspan. This is a guy that Michigan, I felt for a while, liked, but I think now they really, really like. And he's to the point, too, where, you know, I know Virginia Tech, Rutgers are also on him, but I feel like if Michigan really pushes he could be in the class, so he's one to watch coming up this weekend. And the other two main ones, we already mentioned Aaron Scott, the number one prospect from the state of Ohio. He's, I mean, arguably maybe their top target for this cycle right now. And then Jeremiah Beasley, who's coming off his official visit to Michigan State. You know, he plays at Belleville High School right down the road from Michigan. A guy that Chris Partridge has I kind of felt, you know, basically resurrected that recruitment for Michigan, brought it back from the dead, and now put Michigan in pole position to where I think all three of us have a crystal ball in favor of Michigan as well. He's got coming up, you know, and I think out of the four of those, you could see maybe one, maybe two, you know, potentially jump in the foot. I don't want to say this weekend, but by the end of the summer so. Again, not in terms of uncommitted guys, as many as this past weekend, but very important ones coming up this weekend. Yeah, I'm, Baxter, I know you guys are really high on him. The, the most interesting interesting thing about Devin Baxter is, man, it, it's just this, this edge board is loaded. The edge board is absolutely loaded. And with guys, they have legit shots at. And so we get questions all the time, how many are they going to take? Right, We get questions all the time about where does Brian Robinson fit? Does he fit? Does he still fit? We will get deeper into that in the special episode on Friday. We'll talk about Devin Baxter. We'll talk about how, okay, let's say Elias Rudolph and Dominic Nichols comes. Uh, you know, is, there, is there a scenario where they could go past four? I can, even though that might be the number, and that's the number they gave to Brian Robinson, by the way. I could see a scenario where they move past four. Right? Now, I... You know, I, it take a unique set of circumstances, but 
I can see it happening, and we will get into that later on this week. In the meantime, in between time, you do not want to miss all of the action going on over on the MichiganInsider.com. We have updates and intel flowing left and right. If you want to stay up on the latest and the greatest in Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting, it's the place to be. And I haven't even started unpacking all of the excellent intel I got from the team. Man, I got a chance to sit down with Donovan Edwards and just ride around on the golf cart, golf cart with him. And he talked about the just how Ohio State tried to strong arm him into a commitment. Yeah, he said, man, they said they were going to take two running backs. Then they got one, and then they called him and were like, hey, Trevion Henderson wants to commit. You got to come now. He's like, no, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to bust your ass there. That's a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. And I think he lived up to it. So I'm going to bring that to you, right? Talked about that. Talked about the, the young running backs on the team. We broke down plays with those guys. I sat down with Devin Gardner. And Devin... So, you know that that big Air Nolan, uh, Jaden Davis matchup at Elite 11, and you had some people talking about, oh, well, Air Nolan got picked, and he uh, he wiped the floor with, with Jay. He was so much better than Jaden. You know who set that matchup up? Devin Gardner. He was the guy who orchestrated the whole thing as the Elite 11 coach that, that did it. And he said, no, it was very close. And he said, he said I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Because it was close. Like, if, if, if it could go either way, you know, you could. it was a flip of the coin. Who won a particular matchup? I gave it to Aaron Nolan, Ohio State guy. I'm like, what? Why, why would you do that? Why would you lead toward the Ohio State guy? And he said, I want to put a chip on, on Jaden's shoulder. I want to make him work harder for I want to make him feel that heat, that he feels like he got done wrong. And he said, you know, it could have easily gone Jaden's way that day. But I purposefully went the other way because I wanted him to to have that edge. And boy, did he mission accomplished. But but my point is, we have that. He went in, in depth into breaking down his game, the matchup there uh, at the Elite 11 Regional there, the Elite 11 Finals now. So it'll be interesting to hear how that goes. We got a lot of excellent content already on the site. And a lot of excellent content still to come on the site. If you aren't a member, now is a great time to become a member of the site because 60% off going on right now. Annual subscriptions, it does not get any better than that. Only going to be going on for a little while longer and just in time for these big visit weekends and a lot of great intel coming up over on the site, over on the MichiganInsider.com. So, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Stick to the site. So you can look for the time of – we're going to go live on Friday. So we'll let you know the time of the live. Uh, So look for the second episode this week. And, of course, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. It's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And, of course, if you like this YouTube uh, video that we put up when we do the Recruiting Insider, like the video. Subscribe to the channel. That way, when we drop a new episode – You'll always get a notification that it's coming. Until then, folks, we'll see you over on the MichiganInsider.com. Take advantage of that 60%, and we'll see you again next time on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.